Hey Amarillo, my name is Jason Boyette and you're listening to Hey Amarillo, the interview podcast featuring some of the most interesting people and stories of Amarillo, Texas. The presenting sponsor of this episode of Hey Amarillo is Estacar Companies. The Estacar team brings innovative management experience to growth-oriented businesses. You can find Estacar online at estacar.com. Estacar, force for your vision. Today's guest is Caroline Neese, the founder and director of Cerulean Gallery. Cerulean is located downtown in the Canyon Exploration Building. It's the one with the big vertical canyon sign on Taylor Street. And it's an art deco building that used to be a Greyhound bus station. There are a couple of reasons I wanted to talk to Caroline. Number one, she's originally from Dallas, born and raised there, and she actually started Cerulean in Dallas. But when her husband moved here in 2009, she moved the gallery too. And I think that gives her a really interesting perspective on Amarillo's visual arts scene. And number two, Caroline represents the late artist Denver Moore, and she has the exclusive rights to sell Denver Moore's artwork. Denver is the co-author of the book, Same Kind of Different as Me. I know a lot of people in my circles read that book when it first came out, and uh, Denver Moore is the subject of a new movie of the exact same name, Same Kind of Different as Me, that releases this month, and I'm really looking forward to talking to Caroline about it. Caroline Neese, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for including me. Oh, sure. It's it's my pleasure. Um, let's talk first about how you ended up here in Amarillo. So kind of tell me your story of, of opening the gallery and, and then establishing it here. Well, I opened Cerulean in Dallas in 2006. And then almost four years later, my husband moved us to Amarillo um, for a job at Pantex. So when we moved here, um, I was continuing to, I closed my brick and mortar in Dallas, but I continued to sell artwork through my website um, with clients and artists that I had already represented. Um, So I was still very heavily involved in selling artwork for the downtime of about five years. Um, And during that time, we had two children, Luke and Evelyn, And when they were three and five, I felt like I could handle opening the gallery here in Amarillo. I just saw a need here um, for art. And it'll actually circle back around to where I am right now, sitting right here uh, downtown in my gallery. Um, So I moved the the gallery. I officially reopened the gallery um, in the Wolfland area off of Donovan Circle, in um, 2015, and we quickly outgrew that space. So two years later, we ended up downtown and expanded from 1,500 square feet into about 7,500 square feet. And the story of of where the gallery is and the building itself uh, is a super interesting one. I, I want to get to that in a little bit. Uh-huh. But tell me, tell me about the process of deciding. Okay, you you had this gallery in Dallas. Obviously, Dallas is a big city. It's got a much more robust cultural scene, I guess, than Amarillo does, if only in terms of population. So was, was, there, was there a point where you thought, I don't know if what I do in Dallas is going to translate to Amarillo, or was that always the plan? You just needed to wait for family stuff to, to kind of get to the right place? I mean, what was the decision-making on that? Well, I definitely had my doubts of whether or not it would succeed here and how well it would be received in Amarillo. 
here I was selling artwork through my website, but um, one day I had a friend, Mason Rogers, who's an architect here of Applied Design. He approached me about five years ago and asked if I was still involved in selling artwork. Um, and I told him yes. And he said, well, I have an in-house interior designer that is work, we're both working on this big project downtown. And um, I would like for you to pull together a presentation of just very unique artwork. Think, think outside the box. I've got this client that's very eclectic. And um, so I did. I pulled together about 10 different artists that had artwork shipped in, driven in. And then I made a presentation to his interior designer in my home. And that was a project that I chased for a couple of years while the owner of this building that I'm in um, was renovating the space. So um, in the meantime, other people around town were coming and asking um, what type of art I represented. And it just, I saw this need. People, people desired it. So I thought it's worth taking the risk of opening the gallery here. I knew that if I didn't, um, I would regret it. Um, and I was fine with it failing. I just, I had to try it. Uh, it, was, it was just something I couldn't ignore. It's so much of who I am. So I did. I just jumped off that cliff and opened it up on Donovan Circle. And Brian approached me with the idea of coming up with something to suspend from the ceiling in his building. And he fell in love with an artist, Nick Noblique, who lives in Clyde right outside of Abilene. So Nick drove up and got to know Brian, measured the space, um, went back to a studio, built several um, mockettes, which are sample pieces of what the ceiling sculpture would look like, came back and we made a big presentation and um, sold Brian on it. And that's Brian Barton. Brian Barton is the owner of the, the building. <laughs> And um, then Brian and I just started talking about the idea of moving the gallery down here. I needed more space. My inventory was bursting at the seams. Um, we represent 70 artists. Half of them are local. The other half are national. So I was calling on all of my local artists to come pick up most of their work because um, it was easy for me to, to call them back up and say, hey, I have a client that's interested in seeing it. Can you bring it back? I just can't store it. Um, all of the artists that live across the country couldn't get here frequently enough to rotate their work. Um, so you didn't just need display space, you needed storage space. I needed space. storage space as well, yes. So we have at any given time about 500, 550 pieces of art. That's, so that's a lot of art. It is. And they're not always small pieces. No, 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 no. A lot of them are big. But Brian needed artwork too, Um so it was a it was just the perfect fit for both of us. Um, the walls were already white. All we had to do was add lighting, the track lighting, um, and then we designed these two movable walls that give me the freedom of changing up the layout of every exhibition. It just we moved down here last January. I've been here for almost a year now, and I love it. Let's talk about the building itself okay. because it's at 9th and Taylor Streets. Mm -hmm. If anybody has driven down Taylor, you've there's there's a big canyon sign that's vertical outside the building, and that refers to canyon exploration. Is that right? Yes. So um, 
Brian Barton owns Canyon Exploration. It's an oil and gas company. And In case people wonder why downtown Amarillo has a sign that says Canyon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so he and his employees office here. But then he also owns the event side of the building, um, which is called the Derrick Event Center. But I direct that business for him because it goes hand in hand with the gallery. And that's named after the oil and gas yes. know, aspect of the business here. Yes, yes. So originally the building um, was the Greyhound bus station and it was built in the 1950s. And when Brian renovated it, he was very careful to maintain its original like integrity. Like the floors downstairs are original. Um, there are several original elements um, that he was able to hold on to when renovating the space. What I love about the garage area where the buses would drive in and pick up people and drive out and load and unload and everything, um, we use that as part of the Derrick Event Center. So um, you have the option of renting that garage space, and we've had several fundraisers in that garage, and it's amazing what little it takes to um, make that space just incredible with just a little bit of lighting, um, music. It's transformed from this old bus station garage into this incredible party party place. <laughs> and during weekdays, it's parking for employees yes, it here. Is. So what what kinds of, uh, can you give me an idea of some of the different events that have taken place here? Like, like what's it a good space for? What kinds of things? Well, we've had um, several fundraisers in the garage. Um, we are going to host Amarillo High School's 20th reunion here next weekend in the garage. Uh, we done smaller scale events such as people renting it for boardroom meetings. So you can pick different areas of the building. You can have the garage, you can have the main gallery, you can have this upstairs lounge room, or the whole building minus the office areas. So it can be intimate or it can be huge. It's just up to you on which spaces you want to use. We've had uh, a lady come in and sell cabbie clothing. It's cabbie trunk show. I mean, there's just been a variety, a large variety of parties in here. And the building itself, I mean, is, is really unique just in terms of its appearance. I mean, it doesn't look like most other buildings in downtown Amarillo. Right. It was built in the, the 50s mm -hmm. and sort of has this art deco feel with lots of curved lines. And it's, it's just a different looking building. Mm -hmm. Tell me about actually running a gallery. I, I think most listeners, if they've heard of an art gallery, it might be because they've been to the galleries at Sunset Center. They've gone to a First Friday art walk. This is separate from that. So can you sort of position Cerulean in terms of the larger art world, I guess, in Amarillo? I mean, how does it sort of compare to some of the other galleries that people might know about? Well, how I operate my business is similar to other formal galleries across the country. I rotate exhibitions every six to eight weeks. Um, I take about a week and a half to two weeks of downtime to rotate because it is such a massive space. It used to be just one week on Donovan with 1,500 square feet, but here it's just a lot more to take on. So I, so I have a lot more downtime. Um, but all of my exhibitions are group shows. There are some galleries that um, mix it up between solo shows and group shows. Um, I always like to pull together a group of artists and mix it up with different styles 
different mediums, have emerging artists versus um, established artists. I either come up with a theme and then place the artists in that exhibition, um, or I place them based on intuition. And then as I see the images come in, I see what they're actively working on, not just the portfolio that I reviewed. I find a common thread, and then I name the exhibition. So we have an opening reception for every show, and any sales that are made opening night, I donate a portion of to a different local nonprofit. What have some of those nonprofits been? Oh, gosh, we've uh, benefited uh, Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. That's who we benefited last Friday when we opened the show, um, this past show. Uh, the Symphony, I've benefited a couple of times. I mean, it just goes on and on. <laughs> the list goes on and on. Martha's Home. I mean, off the top of my head, we have coming up Mission Amarillo, Make-A-Wish, Amarillo Little Theater in the fall. But I try to pick a different one for every show. There's so many incredible nonprofits here, and they don't necessarily have to be charities. I mean, like the Symphony is not a charity. Right. Um, so that's just my way of giving back. Can we talk about the business side of running a gallery? I, I suspect that a lot of people think, okay, a art gallery is a pretty place to go and look at paintings. And they don't understand that, that it is a commercial enterprise. And so yes. talk to me a little bit about the balance between this creative side where you're, you're offering something to the public, mm -hmm. but also the commercial side where you know, you're representing artists and you're helping them sell their works to, to different buyers. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm having to balance the creativity in curating these shows and organizing these shows um, with selling, pre-selling. I allow, I go out on consultations all the time. So that's a service that I offer at no charge for people. Um, I allow the artwork to go out on an approval basis so people can see it in their homes or offices, wherever, and live with it for a few days before they make a decision, and there's no commitment to that at all. And that's um, inside Amarillo, but also outside, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, you, I've taken art to Dallas. And, mm -hmm, definitely. So it's just juggling those two. You know, a lot of people assume that we're just here sitting behind our desks waiting for people to walk in. In fact, it's like, you know, a duck on the water. We're, we're paddling very hard underneath that water, and people just don't see it. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, it's, it's fun. It's, I love getting to know my clients and the artists. I love the relationships that I've made. Um, so you might have, you might have an individual who is a collector and they might get in touch with you because they want you to find a type of art or something for their home. Or you might have somebody who is a fan of one of your one of your clients who mm -hmm. you represent, and they say, "I want to buy this piece that this person painted." Is that sure. sort of the yes the breakdown? Yes, and we are not. I mean, we welcome everybody. I mean, we want people in here. I don't want anybody feeling like they have to buy a piece of art. You know, there's so many people that to are justify afraid. coming in to look. Yeah, there are a lot of people it. that are afraid of coming in because they feel like they'll be pressured into buying. You know, I really love it when people come in just to enjoy it and just to take all of the artwork in and process it. And you don't have to know anything about artwork 
um, to know what you love and don't love, you know? Uh, that's the beauty of art. Let's talk about one of uh, one of your best-known clients, Denver Moore. So yes. this, uh, this podcast uh, coincides with the nationwide release uh, of a new movie about his life called Same Kind of Different as Me, mm-hmm. based on the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and you represented him or began representing him, I guess, a few years before his death, right? Yes, I, I read the book back in 2006 um, after I opened the gallery in Dallas. And one of the artists that I was representing approached me. She uh, is a photographer, and she started a local nonprofit in Dallas and needed funds desperately. So she had read the book as well and approached me with the idea of possibly meeting Ron in Denver and talking to them about the idea of them participating in a group exhibition to raise money for her nonprofit. And um, so we did. We just went out on a limb and got a hold of Ron and met Ron in Denver. And Ron is the co-author of the book. Yes, yes. And we ended up having an extremely successful fundraiser at the gallery for her charity. And after that exhibition came down, there were only a few pieces of Denver's that didn't sell. And I thought that that was just going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to represent him and sell his work. And uh, when the day came for him to come pick up his work, he came with an armful of new pieces and said, I really want you to represent me. Um, Ron's Aunt Vida had been managing their um, speaking schedule and, and selling his art at the time, but he really wanted me to take him on as an artist. So our relationship grew and grew over the course of six years. Even after I moved to Amarillo, whenever I went back to visit my family, I would meet with Denver and we would sit down together and he would show me all of his new pieces and um, go piece by piece and explain everyone. And I would frantically take notes, (laughs) try to make it verbatim because each one was so special and jam-packed with symbolism. And I really wanted to to document that. Since this is this is a an audio podcast, tell me tell me about his art. Like like most people may not even realize that he was an artist. They think of him as the homeless guy and same kind of different as me or they think of him as a speaker maybe. But mm-hmm. tell me about him as an artist. Well, his artwork is classified as folk art. It's very raw and innocent. He focused a lot on I mean all of it was based on um, spirituality. His purpose of creating was to spread the message of the Lord. He did not want the limelight on himself. It was all about spreading the light of the Lord. So he would focus on painting crosses, um, stories from the Bible. He would have like the tree of life. He used various mediums, um, Sharpie markers, acrylic paint, glitter. Glitter was... It represented the light of the Lord in his Not paintings. always a lot of glitter in art galleries. No, no, no. Um, was he familiar with Howard Finster's work at all? I'm not sure. I don't think he was very well educated on hmm. other artists, and I'm not sure he really cared about that. What has the response been to his artwork? Is, is it something at this point that is, I mean, are, are there collectors of Denver Moore art, or is it more individuals who see a piece and like that piece? 
Well, I think there's a mixture of that. Denver created hundreds of, we sold hundreds of pieces of his work. Currently, there are only two uh, that are on the market right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just people who want that reminder of that message um, that he was delivering, hanging in their home, um, or to generate a conversation with people that come into their home or their business. I mean, yeah, there were there are collectors out there that want it for investment purposes, but that's not the only reason. I mean, most people, I would say 95% of people out there who have purchased his work um, is because they want a piece of him and they want that message that he was sending. So Denver Moore died in 2012. Uh, you continue to represent him. So tell me how that relationship has has sort of progressed you know, since his death? Well, we built a friendship over the course of six years. And after he passed away in 2012, um, he, I discovered he willed his originals and hand-signed prints that we had created together uh, to me to help support my gallery. And um, did you have any idea he was going to do that? Or was that he just had a mentioned total surprise? It. He had mentioned it, but it wasn't until the attorney called and told me um, that that became a reality to me. Um, so I have been using the funds um, that I have made off of selling his work to help support the gallery. But um, coming up, I'm also going to be using that money to support a local uh, charity here called The Park, which is the Panhandle Adult Rebuilding Center. And The Park is something that really ties into Denver's story yes. because of the homelessness. And it's a place that allows homeless people to explore their creativity. Yes, the the story same kind of different as me. Um, with the relationship that Ron Hall had with Denver, it was a very powerful personal relationship that took time to build. And that is exactly what the park is doing on a daily basis. The volunteers and the people that run it spend every day building relationships with these people. And it's incredible, the stories that have come out of it, the God stories. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. I know the park offers a creative outlet for people who are kind of trapped in homelessness. And homelessness is puts them in survival mode, and there's like it, it helps them to become a, more of a person, I guess mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. they can get away from the survival mode and get into a safe place where they can make things. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we are all created by God, and God gave us the ability to create, and I think when we do that, it opens so many doors. Um, physically and mentally. And I think it opens people up to deeper relationships and deeper connections. Let's talk, uh, just to kind of close out this section, about the Amarillo art community just as a whole. Mm -hmm. You know, you're coming from Dallas. You're coming to a smaller town. What have you learned, you know, since you've been here about maybe the arts in general or about, you know, the, the individuals here who are art collectors? I mean, what, what's that culture like here? You know, coming from a big city is immersed in the arts. I was very impressed with how rich the cultural arts is here. And, it, and I've continued to just be blown away with the amount of talent and how much support there is for that here. Um, that's a big reason why I took the risk to open here, because 
um, people are so supportive of it. So I know that that Amarillo does have a uh, a pretty strong culture of artists, whether they're painters or photographers, and a lot of that is related just to this place. You know, being out in the middle of the plains, being able to see long distances, having you know, a, a, a heritage tied to the West. What can you tell me, uh, you know, now that you've been here for a while, what can you tell me about just the city of Amarillo or the Panhandle as as sort of an inspiration for artists or for certain types of artwork? Well, I know the landscape here is um, very inspirational for a lot of artists. In fact, there's one artist who I represent, Chip Kasha. He's a photographer. And, you know, he was sick and tired of people dogging how flat and ugly Amarillo is. And so he created this series of uh, very contemporary looking landscapes uh, titled Flat Out Pretty. Hmm. (laughs) And I thought that was so cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, the big skies, the sunsets, the canyon is beautiful. And I think the people here are beautiful and incredible and so friendly. And that is a huge inspiration for artists and me as well. But if anybody knows Amarillo as a, a center of any kind of art, it's probably Western art. And the artists you represent are not necessarily Western artists. I mean, there's a lot of contemporary, very modern-looking stuff here. Is that something maybe that is surprising to people about the area? Oh, definitely. Uh, surprising to people who aren't from here because people stereotype Amarillo as being only Western artists. And there's a lot of incredible Western artists that I represent and don't represent um, who are representing themselves around here. But there is a um, wide variety of styles and incredible new concepts going on around here that I think are um, surprising for people who assume that it's just Western. The sponsor of today's episode is Estacar Companies. Estacar is based in Amarillo, and it's a group of experienced professionals who come from a diverse set of industries and business models. What they do is is they bring practical executive experience to businesses of all sizes. Let's say you're a CEO, and you're just looking for fresh ideas. You're looking for momentum. You have a vision for where you want your company to go, but you're frustrated with the progress you've been making. Coming alongside the CEO's staff, the Estacar team focuses on developing the company vision into a financially sound, market-based growth strategy. And then Estacar will help oversee the implementation of that strategy. So whether you need them on a monthly basis, if you need them on a daily basis, Estacar will come alongside you and offer management services, financial services, HR and employee sourcing solutions, marketing support, executive coaching, and much more. Find Estacar online at estacar.com, E-S-T-A-C-A-R.com. Estacar, force for your vision. So we are back with Caroline Neese of Cerulean Gallery. Caroline, this is the part of the show that uh, I call eight straight. So I'm going to ask you eight straight specific questions. And I want to to hear your answers to those questions. Okay. Here's the first one. What is your favorite restaurant in Amarillo? I'm in between two. I like both OHMS and Macaroni Joe's. Is it just depending on what kind of food you're you're in the mood for? Yeah, I think they both are. The the food is incredible at both. The service is great, and I love the atmosphere of both. 
We talked about uh, the unique building that the gallery is in, in downtown Amarillo. Other than your gallery, do you have a favorite downtown building? I don't yet, but I'm very curious to see what the Wares um, building is going to look like off of Polk and 7th with the restaurants and brew pub going into it. I'm excited about that. And that's the that's a new building downtown that's going to house Crush, Wine Bar and Deli and Six Car, which yes. is a new restaurant. Yes. What does Amarillo have too much of? Wind, but that's not a bad thing for wind energy. <laughs> that's true. Uh, what does Amarillo not have enough of? I would say trees. It'd be nice to see more trees around here. But it does. It, the, the lack of trees is inspiring some of your artists. Absolutely. So. <laughs> All right. What question do outsiders ask you most about Amarillo? About the Big Texan, if I've tried eating the 72-ounce steak. Okay, so we'll lead into my next question. When was the last time you ate at the Big Texan? Three years ago. Did you try the 72-ounce steak? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Who is uh, who is your favorite local visual artist? Is that an unfair question to ask because you represent some local artists? Yeah, I or? really don't have a favorite. I mean, there's there's so many incredible ones. I mean, I'm representing them because I, I I'm representing all of them because I really believe in their work. So I can't say one specific artist. Okay, what retailer do you wish Amarillo had? Ideally. Either a Trader Joe's and or Whole Foods. I think a lot of people would get behind that. That's the rumor I, I probably hear most is people saying, I heard that Trader Joe's was coming to Amarillo, or how can we get Trader Joe's to come to Amarillo? I, mm-hmm. the, those are, uh, there's a large community of people who are pretty interested in that or who are driving to Oklahoma City or Dallas or something just so they can stock up. Yes. Okay, to to close the episode, um, I like to ask each guest to endorse something related to the city, and this can be anything you want. So what is something about Amarillo that you would like to endorse, that you would like to recommend? Well, there's an artist by the name of Rachel Edwards. Um, I'm very impressed with her work. Lately, um, she started this new concept called the Back Alley Gallery, and She's taking an alleyway downtown and converting it into gallery space. And the lights on her, it's all her art, and it's a very specific, focused body of work that she's um, created over the course of a long time of researching and studying. And um, she's displaying these on brick walls you know, between two buildings in this alleyway, and they're lit by uh, solar-powered lights. And I went last Saturday. It was her second show, and it was so unique and very different. And I think she's, I mean, the experience of it was unlike anything I've ever had before. And I think she's really on to something. Um, It has potential for growth. Um, You know, I was talking with another uh, artist Fritz Danner and Rachel, you know, Fritz was saying it really has potential to be collaborative. So I want to see, I, I'm just so eager to see where she's going to go with it. Um, but I just have this feeling that it's really going to grow and become something 
bigger and um, but still maintain that same feeling that she's going for with it. It's fine art shown in this very raw, real setting. You know, I loved how people were there. You know, it's not one of those where it's you go to, to see and be seen. It's all about the focus on the art and the music and that experience of it. It's very dark. People were kind of quiet, quiet conversations, even though there was music going on in the background. It was just, I really just, she's going to fly with it, you know, so I want to support her as much as I can. Caroline Neese, thank you for appearing on the show. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you for having me. That concludes another episode of Hey Amarillo. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I want to say thanks especially to Estacar Companies for sponsoring these first four episodes. Uh, And I'm especially grateful for those of you who have gotten in touch on Twitter or Facebook or you've sent me an email saying we appreciate the show, we're listening. Uh, That means a lot to me. So thank you for that. You can find more at heyamarillo.com. Look for us on Twitter or Facebook at heyamarillo. And if you really, really like the show, then feel free to rate and review us at iTunes. I'm Jason Boyette. I'll see you next week.